You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hello, and welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. Here I'm, we are. Yeah, here Steve is. He's back. I'm back, too. And Mickey's back. We're all back. We're, the band is reunited. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. After uh, some little bits of vacations and absences that we're excited to share with you today. So thanks for and joining I, and us. And I heard that you last week told your story on, on the podcast. I did. I shared yeah. some of my story of how the Uncommon Truth message of Jesus has changed my life over oh, the years. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It is. It is pretty cool how it changes your life if you let it. It really is. It just yeah. keeps. It just keeps make it being more and more, doesn't it? Talked about how I uh, landed in Oroville at 19, no nobody, first travel by myself, and all the way to Oroville. Was thinking, from- what happened to me here? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure lots, lots of Brits when they come did to California. Come out, did we come out of that story looking bad? Did somehow we come out looking bad. We probably didn't. Look at this champion of the faith that sits in front of us doing this podcast, and, and we were somehow made to look bad. <laughs> you probably did pick him up. I said, uh, ni- I said nice things. Good. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, then, oh, then good. <laughs> Everybody listen to it then. <laughs> well, we're glad All to right. be here. We're glad you're here. Yeah. Luke's changed our life. It was a, your birthday yesterday. You're 42? 32. Oh, 32. You're How right. many people's had birthdays yesterday? Oh, it like, seems like a lot. Yeah. Well, it was me yesterday and your daughter's today. Well, Tim O'Rourke yesterday. Uh, and the day before. Day before. His, it was the day before. And yes. Shauna was the day before that. Yeah, it's a week of... <laughs> <laughs> When you get uh, our age, today's just bloody. I seem better. like I'm saying happy birthday to somebody every day. <laughs> well, wait till March. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's. Uh, we're gonna dive in today. So, we are uh, still in our season, looking at uh, things Jesus said, and uh, this story uh, stood out to me this week. The story of the centurion uh, and the servant. So, we're gonna read it from Luke's account. Okay. Luke chapter seven, and I'm just gonna read it, and we'll see where we go. Okay. Come, Holy Spirit. When he had completed all his discourse in the hearing of the people, that discourse was his Sermon on the Mount, he went to Capernaum, and a centurion's slave, who was highly regarded by him, was sick and about to die. When he heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders asking him to come and save the life of his slave. When they came to Jesus, they earnestly implored him, saying, He is worthy for you to grant this to him, for he loves our nation, and it was he who built our synagogue. Now Jesus started on his way with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself further, for I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. For this reason, I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man placed under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled at him, and turned and said to the crowd that was following him, I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. This is one of your favorite passages, isn't it? He, he really it is it, really you? one of my favorite yeah. stories, yeah. and yeah. it's honestly it's one I'm, I'm just incredulous. It's yeah. like, cra- it's a crazy story. Yeah. Uh-huh. To be honest with you, first off, they come to him to Jesus to get try to get him to go help the centurion 
because the centurion's one of their biggest donors. Right. And oh. in my opinion, nothing's changed. You know, that's that really is <laughs> wow, how that's good. religious, com- you know, a church, a religion, you know, because mm-hmm. the money is what we go after. So we're going to go try to get this guy healed because he's our biggest donor. Right. He built our synagogue, really. Mm-hmm. And history tells us a little bit more about, you know, if you get outside the Bible and search history, you find out about this guy. And he really was seeking. He was looking. And many believe he's the centurion that said this was truly the son of God Hmm. at the cross. Right. So there are those who believe this. And this guy was not just um, the they call him a centurion. So he's over 100, but they had different levels of centurions. And so centurions over centurions. Hmm. And he supposedly was one of those. Okay. A centurion that that sent out centurions who are captains of a hundred. Hmm. So wow. he's a captain of captains, hmm. supposedly. Captain of uh, at least that's what his, many historians have told us. Aye, aye, captain. So <laughs> they go to him and they ask him and he says, here's his answer. You know, you don't have to come to my house, Jesus, because he now understands Judaism to the point where Jesus being a holy man comes to his house. Jesus will be unclean. Hmm. So he's saying, don't worry that you don't think I'm asking you to come and be unclean or violate your laws or violate your rules. I'm not because I know that you don't have to come. You could just say the word and my servant would be healed. And um, he says, I'm a man under authority. I do what I'm told. I'm a man over others. They do what I tell them. And because I understand this philosophy of authority, I know you don't have to come to my house. And you know, it's, it's a great statement. It, it really honors the one you're talking to. Mm-hmm. It really shows an honor. Like you put him in a command structure. And, and what's strange is what Jesus said. I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. Wow. In other places and in other commentaries, it's really, it really is stretched out. Like, nowhere have I ever found such faith. So I, oh, I, was, wow. I was just shocked. Like, the greatest statement of faith that Jesus has heard is a non-Jewish, non-believing centurion of an evil army occupying Israel hmm. who makes a great, the greatest statement that Jesus has ever heard of faith. And so in my pursuit of faith, nothing... Nothing has taught me more than this statement. Jesus says, this is the greatest faith statement I've ever heard. So I wanted to put it in the search for faith because the faith of a mustard seed, remember, will move mountains, uproot trees, change, change directions. It'll, it'll heal sick, raise dead. It'll conquer everything there is. And so the search for understanding faith is so amazingly seen in this one statement. This mm. is like the insight into what faith is. Mm. It is a man under authority wow. who does what he's told and others do what he says. Wow. Knowing that Jesus, if you are the top authority, if you say it, it'll be done. Mm. And all the time as a pastor, if, you, if you've pastored for more than five years, you've had this said or to you. Five and, I, minutes. and we've been pastoring for many, many years, years, you know, with many, many people. And the number one problem with fat pastoring churches is the people that come to the churches <laughs> because they cannot stand for you to tell them right from wrong. And they cannot 
tolerate an order coming from God. It's like, it's just, it is just appalling to people. And it seems like there's been a war against instruction and absolutes. You don't have to come and defile yourself by my, I know that I'm dirty. I know that you could from a distance heal my servant. I'm a man because I'm a man under authority. I do what I'm told and others do what I say. And it's like, wow, that's the greatest. It's an understanding of God's understanding of faith is that I do what I'm told and others do what I say. Wow. When I speak your words, you know, when you take this out of a Roman army sense and put it in a heavenly army sense, I do what I'm told by God and others do what I say when I tell them what God says. Even the spirits obey me. And in today's church, the number one counsel you have to give is let's just trust the Lord. Let, why don't we just, let's just take a pause. You're really fretting, anxiety attacks, uh, self-hate, just <clears throat> terrible, terrible human condition of self-image. And, and you're constantly trying to say, let's just take a beat. And why don't we see what God says about this? And he says, why do you worry about what you'll eat, what you'll drink? Why do you worry about what, taking care of yourself? All the things you need, your future, your retirement, for instance. Why do you worry about all these things? Don't you know your heavenly father will take care mm-hmm. of you? And he's telling you not to worry. So let's just take a beat. If, if faith is doing what we're told, let's stop worrying. And let's just take a moment. Even if you can't hold on to it very long, let's at least hold on to it for a few minutes and just make a statement. I'm going to choose to trust Jesus today. And I'm just going to put this thing I'm so worried about, like I'm going to lose my car. They're going to repossess my house. I'm going to lose my job. I don't know where we're going to get food. I mean, there's so many things people are struggling with, especially in today's world. Oh, yeah. You know, people hating them, wanting to, you know, not lose their friends. This thing's to look good in the world's eyes. So let's just take a pause and let's say, what is God saying? If you want to be a person, like people say, I'm a man of faith. Well, they have no evidence in their life of any faith. They don't ever do what they're told. They only, they only do what <laughs> they good. want. Yeah. They only do what they want to do, not what they're yeah. told. And in this case, the demons have to do what Jesus told. The centurion understands that. And so he believes it. And that's the greatest statement of faith. If I believe that God commands that I be taken care of, then it's going to happen. If I don't believe that God commands that I be taken care of, I'm going to worry and fret and have anxiety. I'm going to end up with ulcers and all kinds of health problems. I'm going to spend all the time that's given to me working for taking care of me and less preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ that his death would not be in vain that people would receive him and be forgiven of their sins and come to an understanding and knowledge of every good thing we have in Christ Jesus. That I would spend my time doing things of value instead of things that he already promised. Like I'm working my rear off to make sure my family's fed when he already said, if you'll work for me, your family will be fed. And so the statement of faith is, I decided to believe it and my family's been taken care of my whole life. And I've always worked for the kingdom. I've always wanted to work for the kingdom. And if I wanted to make money, it was because I felt like he led me to make money to serve the kingdom. And that's, in my opinion, this guy, hmm. 
he he paints such a picture of following Jesus in faith of when you say I am a man of faith a person of faith this right here is like the anthem of that person's life who says that like I do what I'm told and when I speak for God the demons obey me when I speak for God when I when I when I put when I say those commands on to the next I pass on the command to the next. Like he says, don't do this. And I say, don't do this. God doesn't want you to. I am exercising faith. Then I am a man of faith, willing to tell others what's right and wrong. And I fear for the church today dramatically. So many people. I remember listening to a famous speaker who had 13,000 people attending his church. He says, my greatest fear is that the majority of you will come here every Sunday and still be judged in the judgment and still not attain to the resurrection for to eternal life. You will not be invited in because you won't do what you're told and you can't be told what to do. And Nobody can pass on God's word to you as long, unless it's he's going to bless you. He's going to prosper you. He's you. going to, he's not mad at you. He's going to, he's, he Makes loves, he loves you yeah. the way you are, you know. Oh, don't change. Don't change. Don't, go don't change nothing. You don't have to do anything yeah. unless you, those are the words you say from the Lord. <laughs> then uh, no one wants to hear it because we just can't have that. And yet Jesus says, I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. This is the statement that demonstrates faith greater than any other statement in all of Israel, Jesus. the the children of God. And it's just amazing to me. I was, um, I, as you were talking, I, I started thinking about the last episode you and I did, which we talked about the, the rich young ruler who also comes to Jesus and asks a question. Um, but then he doesn't like the response that he gets. He don't like the away, answer, right. right? Whereas this, you know, uh, just the contrast between those two figures, one that's kind of supposed to believe and one that's not supposed to believe in two different responses to the authority of Jesus to lead the life. And you think about the rich young ruler. He's he's Jewish, rich. Right? Money. He's, he's got yeah. the money. You're right. This guy's got the power and authority. Yeah. The two things in in man's, in the pride of life that we seek the most, mm. Right. And the one has decided to handle his authority correctly in his communication with Jesus. The other one did not. Not so much. And one's Jewish and one's Roman, correct? And one is a Gentile. Yeah. Which, you know, I like Gentiles. Me too. I happen to <laughs> be one. Holler for a I have Gentiles. nothing against Jews at all. I just, I just, all I'm saying is I'm glad we're not excluded from having good things to say. Yeah. But, but what's fascinating is, and you hit on this, is that, there's how exactly is said there in all of in all of Israel, in all of Jewish land. Yeah, there's no one has demonstrated faith like this Gentile, mm. this Roman centurion. He recognized authority that he, he was under, and and he and he then he put it to who Jesus is. And it's interesting because it's he's he wasn't raised. I don't believe he was raised in the Jewish Jewish mm. whole caste system and. You know, I don't know if he's Catholic back then or what they were, you know, Gentiles, Romans. You know, I don't know what they believed. But the fact is that he's a Gentile who the Lord says in all of Israel, mm -hmm. this is the best, uh, best use of faith that yeah. he's ever seen. They had a polytheism 
Yeah, any, any 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 port in a storm. Yeah, that's right. Any port in the storm. Yeah. 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 And they believed in this and then their yeah. emperor told them they had to believe in him, so they believed in him. Yeah. They made him a deity. Does this uh this the the idea of um recognizing authority, right? The authority of Jesus, you know, coming into his his system of belief. It's it's crazy to think that we we just fail to recognize that authority in our, you know, day-to-day life. We we question his words we question his promises we question his you know his conditions and his rules all the time and we kind of like we don't put stock really in what he said if we if we did i I think we'd live a lot differently right yeah i think i think we would i think today's christianity is really i believe whatever allows me to do what i want to do and i believe a vast majority of the messages I hear are, I want to believe whatever allows me mm-hmm. to believe what I want to believe, yeah. do what I want to do. Yeah. And I, I've literally, literally had communication that I'm leaving because I decided a long time ago hmm. something. And you're like, really? No matter <laughs> like, like your, your life is absolutely upside down backwards, but you're going to, but you decided a long time ago. Wow. And there is no evidence in your life whatsoever that your the fate the the fruit of Holy Spirit presence is in your life. You have none of it, yeah. and you just can't say anything because you mean you're just like uh, I'm warning you that the direction you're going. You know I can't judge you or your final outcome because you're not dead yet, and I'm not allowed to judge your final outcome. But I would not want to have that philosophy through life and expect to stand before a holy God. Mm. And, yeah. and feel that I'm going to get the results I want. Right. I would want to know what he says. And we call this uncommon truth because it's just becoming more and more uncommon to hear the words of Jesus and, and just Apply. act upon them. Yeah. Be a centurion who does what he's told. I'm a soldier who does what I'm told. Right. You know. I, pr- I particularly like um, lots of people, t- you know, I mean, and we get it. We've been with lots of pastors and, and, you know, sometimes there's some real character issues in pastors mm-hmm. or, or decisions that they're making. And, and you know, you, you've put your faith in a person, you know, and it's like, then you, then you but because you get hurt, you say, I followed only Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, well I, lo- I love when Steve does this, but he just takes him to the Bible and just takes him to the, you know, like the New, new Covenant, New Testament says, well, what's it say at the top of the, you know, first first book and it's well matthew and then next one luke and john well what are they well they're men so do you are you following men you know and you call what they write the word of god the word of god and so it's interesting in our society in 2023 now um the rebellious spirit Mm -hmm. in the church is from the world has just permeated the church in my opinion and people have gotten hurt i mean we've gotten hurt by the church Mm -hmm. you know we sit here we probably hurt people you know in the church not unattending you know not not meaning to but misunderstandings or whatever but it's like it's really important these that you live your life following being you know you're a follower and your leader you're a leader and your follower you know you can't live your life that you're not a leader because there's people following you even if it's only your kids Mm -hmm. you have to be able to be followable and uh in christianity it's really important that you follow jesus and you know the words of jesus so that if you're following leader and it, it, he asks you to do something moral or un, unholy it's like well i 
this is what Jesus says, in my right. opinion. You need to know the words. Because people yeah. take it out of context all the time. Yeah. And that's why there's so many, so much confusion, I believe, in yeah. the church. So Matthew's account of the same story, he, he shares pretty much the same story, and then he continues to just go on to, to hammer home the authority of Jesus. So he, he heals the centurion, and then he heals Peter's mother-in-law and many others. Then he calms a storm. Then he casts out demons. And he starts this, you know, story of Jesus is a, has authority over mm-hmm. all things, all things, all things. Even this wind and waves right. obey yeah. him. Yeah. And starts right. with the centurion. Right. I do what I'm told. Yeah. Even the wind and the waves. Right. But go ahead. I interrupted. Yeah. No, that's really good. And it, what's interesting to me is that comes right after his, his Sermon on the Mount where he, he, he lays his, his message and then he says, and this is why... You should listen to me. And yet, we have, you know, that's our hardest part. Is, will I really accept his message? Will I really listen to his words? Will I really recognize he's the king? The number one criticism of the Father's house, the number one criticism of me, mm. you know, not what drives people crazy. Follow me as I follow Christ drives people crazy. Mm-hmm. But the number one criticism is that we teach the milk of the word. Mm. <laughs> And in the multitudes of people that come along to say, you teach the milk of the word. It is, I get it. You're, you're only, you're only teaching newcomers. You're only trying to, you're you're not trying to teach mature Christians. Mm. And I'm like, man, you are out of your mind. But that's the number one criticism that Jesus's words. And I've literally had more than a, more than a handful Mm -hmm. say, Jesus's words are the milk of the word. Wow. And I'm like, whoa. Uh, they're so hard. So what is the meat of the word? Yeah, what is, what the, meat is the, the meat What is the, the meat? Does anybody know what the meat of the world and, word is? What and, is it? And more than once I've had the Psalms and the Proverbs told to me. Oh, yeah. uh, more than once I've had the prophets, Moses, mm-hmm. told to me. And, and so I, I don't want to argue with anybody. But it is astounding that someone would say that Jesus' teaching is the milk of the word. Mm. When on the Mount of Transfiguration, he died on the, cross. the Father spoke out of the cloud and said, this is my son, listen to him. Yeah. Wow. And so teaching the words of Jesus, what I've done is I, I've noticed over the course of these 40, coming up on 48 years next month, you know, um, of following Jesus, I've noticed the people whose Christianity lasts forever. Mine has lasted so far this long. Mm. And I've never backslid, never gone back. I've always been passionate. Do you think you're dealing, like, uh, working out your salvation with fear and trembling? Well, I think I am. But I think what I'm I'm looking at is, in all those years, you know, I have, I look at other people who've stayed on fire, right? And I have found that people get confused very quickly in Christianity. Mm -hmm. And they go numb to the truth, and they go numb to what they're supposed to do. What's good, what's bad. They're easily turned. Like all the time I meet people who used to live like this, but they met this group of Christians and now they live like this. Mm. And oftentimes their life was destroyed over it. Alcoholism, different things like mm. that, and drug abuse or, or sexual perversions and things like that. They just they were slowly seduced into something else. But when I've looked at the Christianity that works over a lifetime, creates marriages that are ecstatically happy for a lifetime. They're all based on the words of Jesus. They're the teachings and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the number one word, selflessness. Hmm. Every word love used by Jesus, he's referring to selflessness. Every imitation of Jesus Christ is based on selflessness. So I'll read on Facebook every once in a while. Someone will take a, 
a survey. They'll say something simple like, what's wrong with the world? Mm-hmm. What do you think's wrong with the world? They'll just, and you know, there'll be 4 billion answers. <laughs> so I'll pull up and you know, you get, you get somewhere, you just pull up answers, read them for a while and keep going more and more. And, um, I just write selfishness. And then, so they'll say, what is the secret to life time of marriage? Uh, selflessness. Uh, what is the secret to raising children? Teach them to be selfless. Uh, and every time, I, I don't really get much play on it. You know, I don't get a lot of answers. Like, that's stupid or that's dumb. I don't get a response at all. Mm-hmm. But that's really all I have to say on the subject. What makes a person close to God? Selflessness. Mm-hmm. What makes Jesus' salvation possible to mankind? Selflessness. Yeah. Humility. Submitting himself unto death taking the penalty for others that he didn't deserve. Yeah. You know, and it just goes on and on and on that Jesus is what the centurion said. He is the authority over disease. And my my servant is a done deal being healed if you just say the word. And I'm a, and the reason I know that is cuz I'm a man who does what he's told and I'm a man that others do what I say. And because of that, I know that you say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus says, greatest statement of faith I've ever heard. Yep. That was that little arrow worked. Uh, That was the angels of heaven playing trumpet. That was the trumpets of heaven. Did you hear that? Yeah, that was that. That was really good. They they hallelujahed what I said. They amen what you said. Amen. I've been thinking uh, lately, you know, a couple of years you were away for a couple of weeks but your last sermons were on Close. the um yeah. prodigal prodigal son right yeah and, and that yeah. story you have these you have the two sons right who the one is so, so selfishly motivated that he wants his inheritance now doesn't care about his dad etc wants to go live his life and you got the other son who you know is confused doesn't realize what he has but then ends up kind of being selfish and how's how come this son gets mine now right when he comes back and Lord was saying to me recently how, you know, the, the third son in that picture is the one telling the story who's Jesus, who had everything mm-hmm. and yet chose to give it all away for our sake. Pretty good. And just that invitation for us in that to how do we, you know, when we come under his authority, how do we do with giving, giving away what we have? How do we do it being obedient? How do we do it, you know? not just kind of being in the kingdom and saying, okay, Jesus, I'm here begrudgingly or trying to get ours, but really living that same life that's willing to give it all away. And to, and to really take the words of Jesus, I yeah. think that's really good, it, is to take the words of Jesus literally. I mean, the centurion took the words of Jesus, you know, just, hey, if you say the words, yeah. it's going to happen. And wouldn't that be a great way for us to live? Mm-hmm. Reading the words of Jesus, say, if you say the word, it's going to happen yeah. because you said the word and take, and that's at the father's house. We really try to look at the words of Jesus and not give excuse for any of them because we try to read them in context, you know, you know, line upon line. But I think I, I'm really kind of having the revelation that wouldn't that be nice for me that it literally, you, you don't even have to come. You don't even have to do anything, Jesus, mm-hmm. because if you say he's healed, he's healed. Right. You don't have to physically come to my house because I trust you so much because yeah. you're so trustworthy 
that just say the word. And well, one of his healed. names is the word. The word. Yeah. The word became flesh, flesh and dwelt yeah. among us. Yeah. And the word of truth. Yeah. Come on. And it just goes on and on and on. Word my words truth. will judge you. I am the truth. Uh, heaven and earth will pass away. My words will not pass away. It's good. Um, just it goes on and on. The law and the prophets will pass away. Yeah. But my words word will never pass away. Proceeds from my mouth. Every word. Uh, no, that's a. Uh, it, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word what that proceeds, proceeds from, from the mouth. mouth of the Lord. Yeah. He's the Lord. Yeah. You know, uh, people want to spread it out, and t- but it really is the life of a Christian believer Should to be. have the demonstration of faith, but not just the demonstration, but the fruit of faith in their life, where God presence in their life is absolutely evident by the circumstances around them, yeah. by the things around them, by the by the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their life, you know, have devastating things. We, Vicki and I have suffered some devastating things and people around us have been crushed and crumbled and we have not. Mm. And it's like, why us? Why, why do we feel the way we do with this peace and this almost encouragement when some, something terrible like a death occurs? Mm. Why do we feel a victory for them? And it's just there's so many different things in our faith that just it becomes evident, shows up for us. We get delivered from it. And we can't stop the decisions of others. You know, you have to walk through it. But we, we see all of a sudden, it's like, wow, we, we were protected. Yeah. That, 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 we didn't dodged a us. bullet right mm. there. And how did we do that? We didn't even know we were doing it. That's right. And we know it's the hand of the Lord in Come our on. life. And we see it. Really and we can't change how people feel and what they think. But I'm most amazed, and I'd like to, you know, really make. I, the point of oh, beat the dead horse really yeah. no greater faith have I seen anywhere in Israel wow. and when you read the Matthew one he says it it's another sentence longer isn't it so uh, yeah. I mean he just really like wow it's it's just a wow statement of this is the greatest faith you've seen Jesus a centurion of Rome mm-hmm. making a statement of authority and the word authority, just the, I'm a man under authority. We, we think of it as, you know, somebody uh, who's in charge, you know, they, they have that he's the boss. Mm-hmm. But no, it is a word that one of the definitions of that word is a sharp correction. Mm-hmm. It is a it's, it's similar to a slam with a sledgehammer. I like to wreck in my life building houses. We have to move heavy things, small amounts. Like this is a quarter inch out. Okay, get the sledgehammer. I even named my sledgehammer. Hit it sharply, and when you really have to hit it just right, and the whole thing moves, bam! Now it's perfect. It's a sharp correction, a strong, sharp, sudden correction, and it's you know well, I I come up with guys these young guys all the time trying to break concrete up small enough to load it by hand in a trailer. And I said, well, you, you got to hit it just this certain way. And you got to show them how. And you take this monster sledgehammer and you show them how you drop your hands and how, just how you do it. Because they'll be sitting there beating on it and beating on it and beating on it. It won't crack. And then with the old man comes out there and with one swing just spider webs it. And it has nothing to do with stronger than them. They are way stronger than me. It's the know-how of the sharp correction. And that is the definition of authority that is used here it's a sharp making things right and jesus says i mean and the centurion says i'm a man under the authority of rome i rome makes things right sharply directly i mean now (laughs) they move quickly to correct yeah 
And I also move quickly to correct. I'm a man of authority. I do what I'm told. Others do what they're told. And because of that, I understand God working in the world. That's awesome. And the demons of hell killing my servant have no shot of resisting you. And it's an understanding of this that makes this statement be the greatest statement of faith in all of Israel that Jesus found in his time. It's kind of dawned on me as you're speaking that the proper understanding of his authority, which brings about faith, then brings about uh, an end to selfishness. Because I don't need to worry about taking care of myself anymore if I recognize who he is and I can trust him. Especially if you believe he's your daddy. Right. That my daddy can beat up your daddy. Right. And I'll believe he can do that if I understand authority. That's right. But if I don't, and I think he's just you know, there and really it's up to me. I'm going to be selfish at every turn. There was a song a few years back called Great Big God, Little Bitty Devil. Yeah. You want to say Yeah, yeah Romans 13. Yeah. It says, it's, you know, Paul saying every person is to be in subjection to the governing mm-hmm. authorities for there is no authority except from God and those which ex- exist are established by God. And it's talking about authority. Therefore, mm-hmm. whoever resists uh, authority is opposed to an ordinance of God. So, even, you know, and it goes on and on. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we really had to wrestle through that a lot of uh, Christians through COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what's our what's our response to that? Because, you know, he talks about the governing of God mm-hmm. and stuff. And, um, it, it, you know, those who ever resist authority have, have opposed the ordinance of God. And they who have opposed it will receive condemnation upon themselves. So he it's authority is a thing that he, he likes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we don't, we don't really like to be told what to do. We don't like to, you know, and I think in everyone's of our life, in every life as a Christian and, and even as non-Christian, you go work at McDonald's, you have authority, right? You go work at Boeing, you have authority. You know, even if you come to the very top, there's a share, there's a board that's going to ask you why you spent the money you spent. And, um, but we don't like it. Our flesh doesn't like it. And I don't know what it is about Christianity, but we don't want to do it. And we don't want to, because people have let us down. So I think this is a real breakdown in society is that the Christian church doesn't want to be beholden to anybody. Yeah. I follow only God. And I, I don't know, do you think it's like it's a rebellion or, or I mean, it's just it's scary, right? Because people let you down. Mm-hmm. But I I'd still come back to the fact that, you know, he was a centurion of Roman descent. He was a, he was he was in an army who was incredibly abusive sometimes. Well, they were the brutal. Yeah. They were brutal. Yeah. And this is who Jesus says, there's no other yes, faith. There's understands no faith. faith more yeah. than anyone in it's, all, it's all of Israel. Good. Is yeah. that crazy yeah. or what? Trust in him to do what he says. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's yeah. The, Trust. If he says it, then it's going to happen. I know. And that's shocking. It's yeah. like, and, and take a page out of that book for me. Like I said before, it's like, wouldn't I be way better off if I could just listen to Jesus and trust Jesus' words yeah. Yeah. and trust who he is? And he's going to, if he says it, he's going to do it. Not like I think, but he's going to do it. Yeah, that's a good place, I think, for us to bring it to a close. So thanks for listening and joining us this week. We'll be back next time. And, Look forward to it. Uh, enjoy your week. Please share the podcast. Yeah, share it with a friend. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. 
It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.